0: Oh, shit.
1: I don't know. I kind of like that one.
2: Hell yeah. That
1: works. It's kind of got the right flat track vibe, too, for, (laughs) you know... That one I actually got legally, too. I didn't just rip it off of YouTube. Oh, no shit. Yeah. I kind of like it. It's cool. Come get us. Um, accelerator band, I guess. It's pretty cool. Um, yeah. You know, seems kind of old school. Anyways, welcome. It's Talking Brap, episode four. It's Roy, Mike. Hi. Aaron. Aaron's here again.
3: We always Uh, forget his name. Yeah, so we just. uh, Fuck you, man. He's all Aaron.
1: (laughs) Aaron, it's me. I'm over here. I'm that guy. Bowl of dicks. (laughs) (laughs) He's eating a bowl of rice. I mean,
3: I love Farrah's rice. Yeah.
2: (laughs) So what you don't know is, yeah, we get served like some badass food every time we come over here. That's the only reason we do it. Thank you. It's a good
1: time. (laughs) Yeah. So, anyways. I just got back a couple of days ago from the flat track races. Uh, I know you guys didn't actually make it out there, but uh, it's been a really good topic that we've been talking about a lot in the shop. There's a lot of really cool stuff going on at these flat track races uh, that I don't think people know about. Uh, you know, the turnout there wasn't amazing or anything, but the people that were there running were super cool. There was so many cool things going on. So many cool bikes! I was a little bit overwhelmed. I got a lot of video. Uh, We went with a couple of guys from the shop who were running street bikes, and these straight up street bikes. Yes,
2: street tires, street DOT
1: tire. Yeah, street tires not meant in any kind of way for off road. Yep, on a Um, dirt
3: track oval.
1: Yes, a dirt track flat track. uh, A Dyna. A road glide and a Sportster. A
2: road glide, yeah, with the bags on it, bags on everything. It and
1: everything. So I'm gonna I'm gonna try to jump right into this and see if I can't give Nick a call. Now Nick had his dinah out there, and I don't know how long we're gonna be able to get him on the phone for, but we are gonna try, anyways.
2: Now Nick's a shredder, and <laughs> anyway, yeah, you cut it.
1: Yeah, Nick, uh if you go on our our, our Instagram, uh, check out our website com. i forgot to do my plug there's uh feeds for my instagram there's uh you know videos things like that our youtube everything's on there we put out i put out some videos on instagram of nick who are i'm trying to call here he doing some wheelies out in front of the shop uh he can wheelie his bike pretty much on command um it's set up pretty well for it, and he can he can do it well. He tore up his back fender on that thing. So, <clears throat> apparently, here,
3: let's try this. So, while you're doing that, <clears throat> let me just throw out some statistics on motorcycling in general and flat track racing. Oh. So, in 2006. What's going on?
1: What's up, man? How you doing? We'll
3: continue that later. John,
1: how you doing? I, I, we just cut Mike off in the middle of a little thing here because I just called you up. Yeah, uh, do you, yeah. One ring, unscripted. So uh you know, we were just talking about the flat track races and everything that's going on. Uh, I don't know. Can you hear the chips being crunched in the background as well? Oh, yeah. Okay. Good. So you can hear everything well. What's um, up, Nick? So you are a Tennessee transplant, correct? You are from California originally, is that right? Yep, we've been racing dirt bikes and a a long time in California. I can barely hear you guys right now.
3: Yeah? All right. Turn the volume up on your phone.
1: So how's that? Is that a little bit better?
2: (laughs) Sucking dick make you deaf? (laughs) (laughs) What? Sucking dick make you deaf? (laughs) Yeah.
1: Can you hear us now? Are you there?
3: Maybe we hurt his little West Coast feelings.
1: I don't. Yeah, <laughs> but, oh, here we go. He's coming.
3: Oh, he's going back in.
1: Hello, are you yeah, there?
3: I can. I can barely hear you guys
1: right now. Are can you hear us better
3: now? How about now?
1: Hey, you're cutting in. And I, can't, I can't hear you guys right
3: now. Do yeah. you? Could it be your phone connection? Well, I just
1: lost. Yeah. I mean, he is down south down there where uh, cell phones are not going so well. God damn it. Um, yeah, let's see. I don't know. He, I, I talked to him just before we started, and he's like, man, I've been drinking. And, uh, and I was like, it's all right. You were drinking <laughs> right, too. It's yeah. you Yeah, yeah. I was like, it's <laughs> well, all right, hey, man. You I'll know.
3: see if he, maybe you can call me on my phone.
1: So, um, yeah, but I won't have the audio.
3: You can't plug my phone in.
1: You don't have a, a headphone jack.
3: Oh, yeah, that's true.
1: So. 2020. Anyways, we'll get into it because we can talk about it. I was there. Um, <laughs> you know, Nick and his buddy Ty, and I'm going to get them on here. If I can't do it tonight, we're going to do it in another episode for sure. They both ran professionally, semi-professionally in motocross when they were younger this is part of the reason why they ride Harley's the way they do now, yeah. You know, which is like madmen. Um, they it showed on the track, I can tell you that right off the bat. Uh, they got out there around guys that have you know tracker bikes, and both Nick on his Dyna and Ty on his uh, road glide pl- placed in the A mains,
2: yeah. After transferred eight, in like how many how many heats did they run before they got in
1: they ran two heats i think
2: yeah cool and so there are definitely bikes that got dropped like there are guys that didn't make the show right
1: well i think i think the guys that really didn't make it ended up in the b mains i yeah, think it's everybody fine, but kind they of mean, they made cut show. From the show yeah, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Didn't they had to it. split it into two hell yeah so they had an a main and a b main and they yep. made the a main the two of them did yeah uh, the other guy justin yeah. on the sportster made the b main but he was running some pretty tough competition out there you know, all the guys in that competition were were pretty good. So, you know, it, it really didn't where he placed didn't really place how well he did. His Sportster's also really built up and sounded amazing on that track when he romped on it. It sounded louder than everything else out there. <laughs> it was like it seemed like a V eight car running around with four cylinders. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he'd get it and get on it, and it was just like holy cow. But there's videos I put out there of. Ty wrestling this road glide around the track.
2: <laughs> yeah, it was it cool as hell cool to watch, man. The
1: story is great because literally all, all these guys just loaded up their bikes in the back of their uh, trucks and trailers and whatnot and said, we're going flash track racing and showed up at these flat track races with headlights and turn signals and license plates and DOT tires. And everyone kind of just stopped when, when, you know, we got in there and they were just looking at us like, are you guys for real? And after they went out there and ran, you know, in the practices uh, there around one o'clock, people kind of stopped, you know, like lifting their eyebrows so much and more being curious as to like, what was going on? And they were like, man, we're just here to have some fun. You know, this is hooligan racing. This is what it's supposed to be all about, and it is. Um, I think it really touches on something in in the hooligan racing circuit that is not touched on very often. I don't think you find very many guys that are young and have the motocross experience, have the stunt bike experience, if you will, and the ability to ride a bike like that around a track and own a road glide and be willing to do Just that damage the shit to, out of it. Yeah. So, so <clears throat> it's a badass. very, very rare thing to find. I noticed that, you know, the couple hundred people or whatever that were in the stands all cheered when that race, each time he went out there and got done, yeah. everyone cheered because it was so much fun. And so yeah. the first heat or the first practice he went out and dug his floorboard in, his yeah. left floorboard in, and it, it, it damn near threw him off the bike. I mean, it was it was pretty good. So I believe he ripped that off like during the race in the middle of the of in the middle of the yeah. race and had no floorboard, so nowhere to put his foot. He was lifting his leg the whole time. After he got that around the track a few times, the, uh, I think he, he ended up in the first heat was digging his left engine side guard. engine guard yeah. into the dirt as he's getting around these turns and it was bucking him and it, and, and, and after the one time he ran, I turned around and said to some of the people that were watching there with me, I said, man, it looks like he's riding a bucking Bronco around that, yep. that arena. And we were in a, a rodeo arena, if you will anyway. So it was kind of funny. And it, it was just something really exciting about watching
2: these guys. Nick Nick came to the shop and he goes, dudes in the pits were like, that guy's an animal. Like, yeah. what in the hell, man? And then he comes in the pits, I guess. And Nick goes, yeah, Ty comes in and says, yeah, my road guard is, you know, my engine guard rather, is hitting the ground. Anybody got a sawzall? Yeah. And I guess he sawzalled the engine yes. guard. And he says, I don't give a fuck. I'm going to, I'll sleeve it back together. I'll weld it back up and just put my bike back together when I'm done. But yeah. I want to win, man. Well, and that's and awesome. For
1: those that don't know, those of you that are listening that own road glides, you probably completely understand. But you can't just remove the exactly. engine guard on a road glide because the fairing. That, that fairing is mounted to that engine guard. So, and, and I, in fact, while well, we were there, I didn't even really think about it because I was like, why don't you just rip it off? And he's like, well, I got to have something to port my support my fairing. And I was like, well, yeah, you're right, you do. You know, I was like, <laughs> I didn't even think of that. And uh so he went out there and I believe with a grinder or something, his cousin showed up. Uh they they cut it off and unbolted it at the bottom, cut it cut it there near where it mounts to the fairing, and he kept running. Uh no footboard, no nothing, just holding his leg up there, wrestling this thing around the track. And it was really cool because it was a, a kind of a family affair, if you will. There was a lot of kids. Um, a, a lot of families. Uh, a lot of families of, like, multiple children running. Um, you know, uh, the Bumpus family who owned dealerships in the area, uh, they were, like, all there. You know, the, they had three three generations of people running in races there, which was cool. You know, it, it's a nice little thing. Now, um, are they are they probably making a bunch of money off of doing these races? No. You know, they're, they're, it, it wasn't like there was 10,000 people in the crowd. So... You know, it's kind of more of a grassroots... Yeah, it's not uh, about making money, uh, it's man. a cult-type thing, <sighs> at and, you all. know? Yeah.
3: But that's that's why it's so successful. in You know, especially in today's atmosphere where everything is about sponsorship, everything's about money, everything's about superstardom. Yeah. And then here's this motorcycle racing that is just about people going out and having fun. It doesn't even... Nothing even matters, yeah. really.
2: Man, to be really honest, it brings it back to where I think some of you know, like the <clears throat> original racing came from. It was like bootleggers and shit that would go out and run their cars, you yeah. know, as far as NASCARs. Yeah. And that's what made NASCAR possible. yeah, or, or popular, rather. It was like stock cars out there running. I don't know if you watched lately, is not stock anymore. There's nothing stock about no. it. Oh, and absolutely what's super not. cool about this is, these two guys came out with some stock stuff and that's what was so impressive. I'd like yeah. to see more of that, to be well, really honest. A whole like, bunch. Yeah. Like, 10 dinas out there on street tires just mobbing. Oh, that's yeah. Frickin'
1: badass. Well, and, and that was one of the things I really wanted to talk to Nick about. You know, being a motocross rider and then getting on something like a Dyna when he was the only Dyna out there. The other bikes, biggest bikes out there might have been, you know, the 450 dirt bikes if you... You know, aside from a twelve hundred sporty, you know the, the twelve hundred sporties they're running out there are carbureted twelve hundred, you know, pre 4 sporties with nineteen inch front and rear wheels. You know, front wheels running front and rear, so they're they're real skinny, and they're lightweight. There's nothing on them. You know, you get rid of all the electric. <clears throat> they don't even you have a front rid.
3: brake most of the time, do they?
1: I don't th- know. Th- you know. Those guys might have that. run
3: them because they were all amateur. But
1: yeah, and and a lot of it was amateur. I mean, you know, it was kind of one of those things where we joked about, you know, some of the nicer looking bikes were, you know, laid down and and maybe not ridden as well as some of the rattier looking bikes were ridden really hard and well. You know, right? Uh, and, oh, and that's yeah. the way it goes in any sport or anything you get. You know, you get a lot of the people. I think. I think that's what maybe. Is what's helping flat track racing is is realistically, you can find a pre O four sporty for a couple of grand, yep, in decent shape, and put maybe another grand into it,
3: and have a legitimate race. And, bike. Yeah, and
1: have a legitimate flat track racer, yep. something that you could actually, if you knew how to ride, you could go out and ride and compete with.
3: Well, the track is small, right? You're yeah. not you're not jumping it.
2: Mm-hmm. It's no, need, no suspension, no wheel It's a circle,
3: so really, you just have to have tires decent enough to grip, or have enough skill to yeah. to run a slide, and just have enough power to make the thing go around in the circle.
2: Yeah, Nick was saying he ran the whole thing in first gear.
3: Oh yeah, yeah, and I don't think any of them were shifting. I mean, well, well, yeah,
2: track. that and and you're not you're not
3: putting a bunch of engine work into these things. I mean, they're going 30 miles an hour.
1: It's, it's funny you say that because so I got the bug. You know, I got a Sportster sitting in my garage, and I'm like. I could do this. (laughs) No. Do I want to do this to like be a a, a race winner or anything? Absolutely not. I just want to say I've done this. You know, when people talk about flat track racing, I want to be able to be like, yeah, dude, I used to flat track race. my sporty." Hell yeah. You know, when I'm an old man, (laughs) (laughs) you know, I'm just sandbagging shit for when I'm an old man, but I, you know, I want to do it. And I was, you know, looking into all the stuff and, So, you know, you Google it, right? I mean, that's what anybody does nowadays. You want to learn about something, you Google it. So I Googled it and I was reading a bunch of articles and, like, this really good article popped up and that was one of the first things they said was do not go and build a big motor for a flat track racer. It is counterintuitive. Right. Like, it is not what you want. What you're really looking for is something lightweight, you know, that has bottom end power. You know, and, and we seen I saw this at the track with the team running the Street seven fifty. They had an XG seven fifty with the inverted forks and all that it was a really cool bike. Um chain conversion, exhaust, things like that. It was a ripper, but it had power in all the wrong places. They you know, they would come out of the turn and nail it, but it wouldn't come on the power until the end of the turn, and by then it was
0: you know, just <laughs>
1: screaming. And you could tell it was hard for them to get in it early enough in the turn that they could use the power in the straightaway, Mm -hmm. you know. And I don't think it was really set up. I don't know if the weight-wise or whatever, I don't think they were really good at sliding it because I think that's where the sliding comes in is getting your wheel and your engine wound up enough as you're going around that turn so that when you hit the straightaway, you're in the power already, you know. And I think that's kind of, I didn't see a lot of sliding going on out there. You know what I mean? Not like the the real dirt track racers. There was a couple of those real dirt track with the, like the little front tire and the real long and skinny body with like the, the big tire on the back, if you will. And those guys drift all the way around. You know, I don't think oh, they're like ever Speedway going straight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like yeah, yeah. the real flat track racers. Yeah. Uh, well, at least the way I think of it, like the those professional. Those single cylinder yeah.
2: Jawas and stuff like that, right, yeah. where they pitch them completely sideways. And-
1: yeah, and they're, and they're cool, man. They're really cool. They're, yeah. Of course, they all had for sale signs on them.
2: <laughs>
1: you know because i think everything out there is for sale you know sure. you get those guys that show up with a pocket full of money and they're like i want." not know you know
2: what dude you know? i'm serious they probably got a lot of money in those bikes oh, yeah and oh, it's yeah. probably not too fun i mean coming from where i came from running an oval track <clears throat> after a while it literally gets to not be too much fun anymore because you're chasing a dollar you're spending so much money to try to be competitive. So, yeah. I mean, ultimately, man, I hope these guys keep it simple. Yeah, seriously, keep this sport simple. Keep it about stock bikes. Keep the cost low. Keep the involvement high. And that's the well,
3: thing. I, I think it will. Look, look, look at some of these statistics mm. here. I got it. This is really interesting. So, we're gonna go back to where I started. Yeah, 2006, there were 1.1 million motorcycles sold. In 2018. There were just over 470,000 motorcycles sold. Yeah. So the motorcycle manufacturers are all struggling because they're all trying to figure out how to lure more people into motorcycles. Cause just more people, just less people are riding motorcycles altogether. However, from that same time period in, uh, in 2006, it was still called AMA pro flat track racing. It was about at its lowest point because flat track racing was really huge way back in the day when yeah. it started as a grassroots movement with people just going, hey, let's mm-hmm. let's race these in a controlled environment. Oh, look, there's a horse track. Yeah. Let's run around that horse track and see who can go around it 10 times the fastest. Right. That kind of thing is what started it. So with uh, MotoGP, all the AMA sanctioned events, Motocross, Superstra- Supercross, it just kind of lured Trials, all that lured everybody away from flat track racing. So at that same time period in 2006, there were 193,000 total season fans that actually bought tickets to flat track racing events. Yeah. In 2018, there were 2.6 million people that went to watch flat track racing. Nice. And 30% of the first-time attendees to a a flat track race in America were between the ages of 25 and 34, which is the opposite of the people purchasing motorcycles as a total demographic. Yeah. So flat track racing, because I think of it's, it's loosely run it's grassroots. It's stuff like, well, I'm going to go run my bike in there. And they went and, and like, he went and, races for a seat before he even registered yeah. as a racer.
2: Yeah. He just went on well, the track and I mean, like, lined up and went, fuck it, let's that's go. That's a little bit different yeah. than the factory-supported stuff that you see from the AMA flat track, right? Like where you've got Indian and Harley-Davidson Battling it out. Battling right. it out. And that's the sure. thing. It's like and the, it always the win was. on Sunday, saw on Monday kind of mentality, right? But, but that's, this that's, is simpler. This, yeah, is this what we're seeing. Was a, was yeah, the way, event I
1: was at was definitely much more grassroots. Yep. Yeah. And it was awesome.
3: Well but so that's where those guys start though.
2: Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean it's yeah. no
3: different than when you know any any professional motocross racer was 7 years old and they went out on their 50 or their 80 and they went out to the local track and started all racing on you know what yep. I mean? Going going against all the little yep. other peewees, but this is not so regimented yet. Yeah. And and I think I think the, the hope I have for the sport and Aaron and I were talking about this earlier today is that it won't become regimented because it's already gone through that whole phase. Yeah. And then basically they learned their lesson. It's run yeah. out. You ran out of steam. And then, you know, I, I think when Harley tried to bring it back with the XR 1200 and they started their teams and they started going around and basically I don't think anybody else is even racing. Like that was like four or five years ago. I mean, it was just basically Harley had a flat oh, yeah. track. It was circuit. longer
1: than that. They only ran, what, 09 to 12?
3: Something like that. And yeah. they ran around, and they just raced each other, and they were all like factory Harley, so I don't under, understand how yeah. that really yeah. works. And
1: you could only run if you did like the $1,500 Vance and Heinz kit, and it was like exhaust, a tuner, an intake, yeah. and like some shocks or something stupid. I don't remember what it was, but it was like the kit. Set and rules and keep that was, cheap. Yeah, everyone ran that same kit, and mm-hmm. everyone ran that... Um, but, yeah, you're right. At the time, the sport had no traction whatsoever. Right. There it was, was more of little, an yeah, exhibition. I mean, I, hope, I loved motorcycles. had no interest in, in watching it at I the hope
2: time. that we yeah. learn from the mistakes that we've seen, like, from other forms of racing, NASCAR specifically. Because, well, like, when I started racing back in 1996, 1997, lit, I watched it happen. Yeah. We had 30 or more street stocks when I started racing on a yeah. quarter-mile oval. When I w- quit racing… Step back for a couple of years. I went back to the track I started and I became tech director at that track. You want to know how many street stocks we had the year I came back to that track? Five. Uh, Yeah. Five. Yeah. The sport just suffered, and it suffered because of the influx of cash, because of big shops that built cars, and the only way you could be competitive was to spend, you know, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars on a street stock. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Yeah. When it gets to that point people go just unplug. Yeah. Like I have no interest. I can't get right. into it. if it, it feels like you can't compete. And that's why I was really hoping we could talk to Nick. Cause I wanted to have him kind of even walk us through Yeah, what it's like to show up at the gate, what it's like to pay your yeah. pit pass, what it's like to go through tech, what it's like to go through that stuff and try to make it accessible for people. Cause I think once you figure out, You can do it. You can show up with something off the street and be competitive. That's badass.
1: And that, that, to be honest with you, is exactly what my goal was in this is that I think there's a lot of people out there that would be interested in something like this and just have no idea how, how exactly. Mm -hmm. And, and I can break it down pretty easy for you for the most part. To show up. I mean, I was there. I pulled in behind him. I mean, they pre-registered online, you know, for the most part, and showed up. I, I don't even think they had a tag. I, I really don't.
2: Yeah, I asked him if they had um, uh, safety wire uh, or no, that kind of stuff. Nothing. He's like, nope, no, no safety wire, no nothing. And they were <laughs> literally like, you got a bike? It's got okay, got air in the tires? Well, Go for it, man. First
1: practice, they were out there, and I, I, it took a lap before I noticed it. But they're all they're all running headlights, so like as they come around the track, you can spot them because <laughs> it's like, oh, hey, there's one of them. They got a headlight on, you know. So they ended up coming back in, taping up some headlights, Hell doing yeah. some like stuff. yeah! Like the old days, like zip in zip AC Cobras
2: in the '60s with like black tape across the headlights. Oh yeah,
1: zip tying paper plates <laughs> to the headlights and writing numbers on with marker. Yeah, uh, it was it was like totally legit. I had some really good video of it too, but you know i think what we have here is is like i said they, you know they kind of showed up i think it was kind of if you're willing to put it out on the track and sign a waiver then Good we're to willing to let you yep. you know and that's what it kind of boiled down to me and 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 what i think is going to change uh the future if you will and i think what what what, what really sets this apart from a lot of other things and I found this in the BMX world as well. And I think it kind of relates because it is the motorcycle world is that this really was a family event. Cool. They had, you know, the strider bikes. The kids were out running the strider bikes on the track, which is, you know, pretty much if you can walk, you can, you can ride a strider bike. There was a kid out on a stay sick, which we'll talk about a little bit tonight. Yeah, yeah. Before it's all said and done. Cause there's been some big news about the stay sick today the um there was kids running 50 cc's there was kids running 75 cc's 125 you know and then they had like the amateur pro and what i saw out there was the kids were probably equal numbers to the ex- the adults cool. and that's what's going to change the sport is yep. that these kids that are growing up doing this are going to do this the rest of their lives? Not necessarily flat track racing. Were there any groms? But out there they really? have the bug, as I Motorcycles. say. Motorcycles. Yeah, yeah they 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 have the bug. They are going to be our future customers.
2: Were know? there any of those little groms out there?
1: Um,
2: that's what I'd like there, to see. There, there had to have been a bunch of there grown ass men on groms running I, a dirt track.
1: I was a bit overloaded, if you will, because I had I had my camera and I had everything there, and I was I kind of wanted to soak everything up, but I had so much going on. Everything went by really quick. I kind of would have liked to have just been there, like spectating, if you will. But I was trying to catch some content for the website and whatnot. It was it was really cool though, because as I walked around and talked to people and passed out business cards and stuff and told them about the you know the the podcast and um, I'm going to put a bunch of pictures and videos and stuff up on the website that I took there and kind of just let everybody have at it that was there. So I passed out a bunch of business cards. I was like, give me a few weeks, you know, I'll get it up on the website. And I'm gonna put I I I've GoPro of almost all of it. And I'm going to put it all up there and just let, you know, let people have at it, whatever. I, you know, I told him, I was like, I'm not trying to sell you nothing or, you know. Right. I was like, I'm, I just, you know, especially with the kids. It's just cool. Running How stuff. often yeah. are they
2: going to do this? Are they going to have like a, a schedule?
1: There, there's another one. I, I'm told there's another one in September. I haven't really looked at it. It's Lynchburg Flat Flat Track Racing, I believe is the like.
2: Do they race down there race. then? Race. More well, often?
1: It was in Shelbyville. I don't know. I, I haven't looked into this so that much.
2: So I talked
3: to Jordan about that. Yeah. I thought like, why? That's such an odd venue. Yeah. Apparently if you have some history of this area, maybe it's not so odd. I guess they built that Alcacia whatever Calzana Calzana. Yeah,
1: Calsonic Arena.
3: They built that for horsemanship for doing uh shows with the Tennessee Walkers. Oh yeah. But apparently there was a bit of scuttlebutt about that because the way they train those Tennessee walkers yeah. is with mustard powder behind their heels. So it burns their heels no shit. and that's how they learn to prance like that. Oh really? So I guess there was some like huge gets involved in it. Yeah. Changed. So I guess there was like some huge animal cruelty mm-hmm. who blew about 15 or 10 or 15 years ago, right after they built that arena specifically for this and a bunch of the stuff got shut down for animal cruelty. So that arena has been struggling ever since to try to get people to fill seats. And like, here's this brand new motorsport basically that, I mean, you just need that perfect setting of a round arena. It was a perfect
1: venue. I mean, aside from the ins and outs, the the logistics, if you will, of getting people in and out and the kind of area where all the racers were kind of staged and everything was set up inside there was very limited. So if you got enough racers, I think to fill those stands, you'd probably be you know at its limit for sure, and and you'd be looking for a bigger venue. But you know, in the meantime, until you get there, it's 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 great, right? And there are horse stables. I it seems like for miles, but uh, but seriously, there's 20, 30 at least rows of horse stables there. They're all labeled different. <clears throat> Yeah, and and I don't, and I don't
3: know for sure. I mean, I didn't look it up, but Jordan said that there was that. That's why they built the arena, and then with all when the big stink came with how they the animal cruelty involved in how they trained those horses and all that, it just kind of brought everything to a grinding halt. Yeah, it was
2: definitely built for horses without question. Yeah, so it's kind of like an open venue. Miller Coliseum. We went and saw the tractor pulls and stuff. Yeah, that would be another great spot to go, man. Yeah indoor Uh, you know rain or shine man you know there's
1: been a dream of mine for a long time to
2: be in a trackable
1: no to like (laughs) own a piece of property and build a track on it that would be cool whether it be you know start with like a flat track if you will you know like something like that and run that until you can do whatever and then build something bigger i mean i would like to have a real track something you could run something for real like a one mile it, yeah, like at least a one mile, something with a long straightaway. I think where that's you can the really biggest get they get. It.
3: I don't think they get any bigger than a one mile. I think that's a one mile flat track. I think is like... well.
1: I, I don't necessarily mean for like sanctioned racing. I mean like you know, uh, build a like a, a scaled down Laguna Seca or something, if you will, and charge people just to come out and run their bikes. You know, because you know how many people would come if I could if I could run my bike on like a, a track. Without a bunch of bullshit, just you know, on a private property, huh, my bike would look like shit.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
1: seriously, dude, I would have that thing. That thing would look like shit. I'd lay it down all the time, but you know, it—it's it, because you can't really do that out on the road, right? right. It, it, you have to think about, okay, well, if I go through this turn and I lay down, yeah, I screw up my bike, but then I screw up somebody's car, I screw up, you know, I could hit a car, I could hit something else. Right. Yeah, there's, fly, there's other factors. The On the track, yeah. all of that is controlled, you know, so it's you and the bike, and for the most part, you get hurt, it's you and the bike, you know, and I can deal with that.
3: Well, I think one of the one of the coolest things about flat track racing is the speeds aren't so incredible that, yeah. you know, I mean, like MotoGP, you know, when those guys go down, I mean, they're going down 150 miles an hour. Yeah. Flat track racing, I mean, they're in second gear. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, and that was another thing. I, You know, like I said, we got to get them on because most of them said they were running in first gear. But, I, I mean, I want to say I've, I've heard guys like to run in second from, like, old racers. You know, maybe that was different power bands or whatever, but I feel like second gear was the gear was always the gear of choice for that kind of racing. Now, I could be wrong.
3: Well, I don't yeah, know. I, I suppose it it, it would depend because, you know, like you're 883. I'm you have in the garage. That, that second your, gear. your second gear Nick's and Nick's 60. first gear yeah. are probably fairly similar. I mean, he does have a, a lot of power. So first gear is probably all he really needs.
1: Yeah. Oh, and it was getting it. I mean, you know, when he could c- catch a little bit and go, uh, you know, if that bike would have had the right tires on it, even I think it would have been a different story, you know. If, if Ty's
2: bike, <laughs> I wasn't,
3: wasn't that, a bagger. That's no, a, what, what, a, what Ty should a a have done is put
2: three oh seven man. He should have put forty pounds of lead in the saddlebag. <laughs> I want to say that got some freaking real bike. Yeah, He'd have been
1: set. I want to say it's like an O two <laughs> or like a no. It's because yeah, it's carbureted still. So it's it's like an 02. I mean, it has those ho- that horrible front end that Ugh. that wobbled from day one. You know what I mean? And he's out there beating that thing up on a track, let alone what he does to it on the street. <laughs> you know, he beats the hell out of that thing. And, and you know, that that's a testament to what Harley really makes, is you watch Ty ride his bike around, and you're like, oh, okay, yeah, those, those, it. those bikes are, are pretty tough. because uh, he, he They are pretty tough. Yeah, he does it. Every he time he shows up the
2: shop, it's a rev limiter test. Were you there when he bah, showed bah, up with bah, his dog bah, bah, the bah, other bah.
1: day? He's got, he takes, I don't know if he has a, tour pack but he's got this like big wood platform that he built that goes where a tour pack would go Mm -hmm. and his dog rides on the back with him (laughs) and that's cool i was like i you know he pulled up and i was like you know how how fast do you go with her and he's like oh man i had it pegged and i was like what and he's like yeah he's like i reach back and i tap her on the chest and he said she scoots in you know real close to his back, and he's like, yeah, some guy on the sport bike was messing with me. He's like, so I had it pegged on the way here. He's like, she was was right up on my back. And I was like, dude, you're an animal. You really, you are a freaking animal. And the dog was, I I swear to God, it was the happiest dog I've ever seen in my life when she got off the bike. He's like, yeah, it's been, you know, it's been winter. You know, he's like, she hasn't ridden in a long time. And he's like, she's just happy to be on the bike. And you could tell that dog was happy. Never leaves his side. I mean, that dog is like the atypical dog that you would, you know, picture, especially, I mean, we were out at the track and and he, the dog wasn't allowed inside. So the dog stayed in the trailer and he had it plugged into the wall there and had like a little uh, fan and everything going in there and whatnot. And he'd get back and let open the the door. Dog just sit there and be like, yeah, what's up? What are we doing? You know, go outside and stay right next to him. Like never ran off, never nothing. But, you know, the whole, the whole scene there, I think is, Something special, if you will. It's, uh, you know, guys taking, like we were saying, a couple of grand and throwing them into a sporty and, you know, throwing them around
2: a track. That's what I remember from time. when I was little. You know, Yeah. Is like guys building stuff in their garage, hand built stuff, yeah. go out and race it. And, you know, craftsmen is guys with their hands making stuff race. That's freaking cool.
1: Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> you know, that's kind of one of the things I put on our website was, you know, we like people doing cool stuff you know i, I don't I necessarily always know what that is sometimes cool stuff is stuff i've never seen before that's what makes it cool right you know so you there's so many cool things going on out there and and picking stuff out of a catalog and putting it on your bike isn't always it you know what i mean like yep. there's there's other things that we don't see that that i would love to see so many things going on behind the scenes in so many of these shops that doesn't get noticed that should you know that that's going on little things that are that are so cool.
3: And- well, well, look at so check this out. So I looked up the schedule. Okay. For the flat track racing. Nice. Sorry, sorry to like break you off, but no, this right. is this is badass. So the next one is March 14th at Daytona at Daytona yeah. Beach. Then March 23rd at Dixie Speedway in Woodstock, Georgia. April 20th at Texas Motor Speedway in Fort Worth, Texas. Wow, it's a half better. mile. Well, here's where it gets super cool. Um, well, not this one because it's Arizona, but uh, April 27th, Wild Horse Pass, Motorsports Park, in Chandler, Arizona, which may coincide with Arizona Bike, Bike Week. Bike Week, yeah. Probably. Because uh, I think that's Bike right around is, that time. That's is
1: the reason that the, the one's going on right down there. Yeah.
3: So then May 11th, the Southern California Half Mile at Paris Auto Speedway. Nice track. May 18th, the Cal Expo Fair in Sacramento, California for the Sacramento mile, Springfield, Illinois at the Springfield state fair, May twenty sixth. So like 10 yep. years ago, you would never think state fair and flat track racing. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? So this is this super cool. Just that this, and that's the same niche. division,
2: like the same yeah. kind of organization. That we just yes, saw yeah, here. American flat track.
1: Well, there must be another division. There must be another circuit as well.
2: Got to be. Yeah. Cause like the ones I saw at um, Pomona, in California, just before I moved, they ran at, um, God, what was, there was some horse track out there yeah. and there was a big, I mean, dude, the big bikes, like the guys, that Crosley sponsored a bike and, you know, Harley was there and Indian was there, all this stuff. And it was like big money. I mean, yeah. haulers, you know what I mean? Like semi haulers and well, bikes and all that stuff.
1: When I was, when I was at, at this race here in, in Shelbyville or Shelby, Simpler, Shelby, right? Shelbyville, however it is, they say, <laughs> Shelbyville. Here, um, they i i spoke with a family there and they had two or three sons i think all running um three because he said the, the one kid had started riding at 2 and i was like oh my god my kids four i feel like an idiot um and and they had, the oldest kid had started at 4 and i think as they went on they started them younger and younger and the youngest one had started around 2 but they were all out there running And they were from somewhere else. They weren't from around here. They were from, they said, like six and a half hours away. And they said they were on their way to Daytona because as soon as he said that, I was like, oh, "Oh, that makes sense. But they said they were going to run in Savannah just before they went down to Daytona. So there must be another circuit or something going on. they're probably you know they're probably running two circuits. that's what you do.
3: Well yeah, but so the, these... the
1: dad had said, man, this gets really expensive." <laughs> you, know, yeah. you were talking about it. He's Any got three kids expensive. running, he's running around the country. That's got to get expensive. Yeah. Well, you
3: know? so that circuit, the American flat track circuit, the ones that I was just reading the the, the deals, yeah, is six mile races, five half miles, five TTs, and four short tracks. So, oh, it's a mix. It's a yeah, they they it's a mix of races. So oh, that's okay. the actual semi-pro pro circuit. So some of those may or may not coincide with some of the ones like Shelbyville.
1: Oh, like hooligan racing. Maybe they don't all do hooligan racing. Yeah, you I know what you. I mean. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, so yeah,
3: like yeah. Shelbyville, these guys weren't at Shelbyville, the like the The pro-Indian team, the pro-Harley team. No, they weren't. Those guys are going to be at these big events. Yeah. But there's also different classes at those events, and there are other non-high-end professional races in between all those, you know, regionals and all that. I don't know
1: that this was—was this one AMA?
3: No, uh, it doesn't— it actually does not look like.
1: I don't think it was AF,
3: the AFT is part of the AMA. at I don't all. think it is. I
1: didn't see anything AMA. I like, think yeah.
3: I think yeah. the reason that it's getting gaining so much traction is it's because not. it's not AMA. Yeah, and I yeah. agree. I, so you don't have to, to pay dues. I would dues, go to
1: one of these for fifteen no dollars. It, no it was fifteen dollars yeah. for to run or watch. It didn't matter what you're doing. It was fifteen dollars. I showed up. I was like, I want to do video yeah. stuff. There, it's going to be fifteen dollars. I was like, that's fine. I just want to know where that's I can go. Great. What I got to do to take video? You know. But it was, yeah, I I had said something to my wife when I was there that it reminded me of back when I was younger doing stuff like that and racing and everything else when the the rules were a little looser, if you will. It wasn't so, you know... uh, I don't want to say safety oriented because it sounds bad but it wasn't so you know you can't do this you can't do yeah, this you can't do this regimented. it was it was well if you're willing to do it and you're dumb enough to do that then fine mm-hmm. you're on your own and and I, I think that's the way it should be you know if i'm dumb enough to go out there and run this thing around the track and kill myself go for it then yeah let me and don't don't be mad about it you know it is what it is
3: but I think I think like the races like Shelbyville are popping up all over the place because it's super fun and I mean how do you get into becoming a full time flat track? Yeah, you know like so you take somebody like James Stewart, it there's a very clear and defined path into motocross. Yeah, you know what I mean. You you need to run. You need to do this. You need to go to these regional cross, tracks. You, you need to arena do cross, this. run and you win an a re-cross championship, yep. find a
2: sponsor. And you know, you go on a
3: 250s and then you work your way yeah. through and you start when you're young and you, you go to like this clear defined path. I don't think there's really like a... A way to well, get from point A to point. I think you just, if you're fast, you just try to race but, bigger races. I mean, now on the flip that's side it. of
1: that, is there is there the payoff in flat track racing that there is in motocross? I, doubt it. Oh, I, I doubt, doubt it. Oh, I doubt it. I highly now, doubt like, it. Is anybody, I, I don't think, I don't think this, and, and I think that's what makes this special, is that I don't think that's the end game. You know what I mean? Well, like, I don't think, you go out to a BMX track, because I've done this with my son. There are people out there that are that are like, you know, they're on the mom path. and dad and they're, everybody run BMX and they are they are their kid is gonna be in the X games. You know what I mean? And they yep. and they're not taking no for an answer. I don't think that there is that end game in flat track racing. I don't think it's gonna be, oh, my kid's gonna be the next.
0: Well they're, 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 That's they're what there, cool. there, there may be because there is nobody that your there head, may you be know?
3: there may be that element but it's super small because i mean like did anybody dominate that race
1: oh there was some kids that were going pro um some there was one kid that went step he wasn't pro yet but he was like he was about to step up and so like before the race they were like look this kid's about to go pro he's going to run the amateur and the pro class does anybody have a problem with that and nobody had a problem with it. They're like know? whatever. Yeah, everybody was like whatever. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Because a lot of the people, there was only you know, if there was eight people on the track, there was two or three of them that were out there like dead serious about winning. Is is the way I saw it? You know, everybody was out there wanting to run hard. Sure. And and everybody wants to win. I mean, if you're not there to win, you know, everybody wants to win, of course. But they don't I, don't I, tell I've, the
3: youth of today that.
1: Yeah, I felt like. <laughs> There, You know, there was only a handful of people out there that were taking this like a profession serious, you know what I mean? Sure. That were, were trying that hard. I, I felt like everybody else there, there was large groups of people, you know, working together. Like, one guy fell down out there, broke his handlebars and shit, and rolled back over with his crew of six or eight bikes that were there, and within an hour or so, had a riding bike again. You know, I didn't really look at it before and after to see what all they did, because... Uh, well, you know where i come from on racing you don't just walk over and like look at people's shit hell, <laughs> you know what i'm saying thrown in, yeah yeah you know you don't you don't go over there and ask a bunch of questions you know you're out there to race so i i tried not to be nosy like oh what you got in this what'd you do to this would you you know what i mean because sometimes that shit gets annoying
3: yeah but you know what I, i'll bet you in that setting it wouldn't matter because it's probably like uh land speed racing So, you know, like if you, if you ever go land speed racing and go out to Bonneville to the salt flats or to any of those events, there's absolutely no money in that sport, by the way, you don't, if you break a world record, you you get a little piece of paper that says that you ran this speed and you get like your name on a little (laughs) plaque that that you're presented to with the 120 other people that are there. And that's it. Nobody gives a rat's ass.
2: Name a it's super
3: boat. expensive to even, to even compete. Yeah. I mean, you've got to build a machine that is absolutely purpose built. Yeah. You've got to register. You've got to become part of the AMA. You've got to get there. And then you've got to spend the four days while you're there running. But on the flip side of that, I've never ever done any kind of a sport, motorsport or otherwise where everyone was so involved yeah, because everybody spent a shitload of money to be there. Yeah. You they, know what I they mean?
1: All wanted to help each other. And,
3: yeah. And, and nobody wants to to not be able to ride. It doesn't yeah. even matter if you win. Of course, like you said, you want to win. But really, all that matters is that you go and you can run. So if something happens and your motorcycle breaks down, everybody chips in. It's crazy. I mean, even your competitors will be like, I have this part. Will this help? Yeah. And and they, they will, whole teams will get together to get a bike back so that it can run again. Yeah. And maybe you'll get the record with your, with some other guy in the same class as you's parts. Yeah. Yeah. And and he helped it happen. And all they do is you drink old style beer and it old style (laughs) beers. Disgusting, by the way, for everyone in Chicago, it's gross, but (laughs) I don't know how that came about, but when when we go to race this, there's this team. Then they race a lot of Buells, and they they come down from Chicago and they bring a pallet of it. <laughs> nice. So so you drink old style beer. That's great, it's man. like it's like the thing. You go to Wendover and you you go out to, to Southern Utah <laughs> and you drink old style old style beer. Nice, and it's disgusting, but it is super good that week, especially after yeah. you go 150 but dude, miles. But to, to an hour. people
2: who are listening that aren't racers that don't know that is a racer's mentality. I mean, seriously, in, in all my until days there's of racing, money, e- yes,
0: yeah, yeah. You know right. what? When you're, you're, right. you're when you're running for a purse, right.
1: then yeah. then no, and, and maybe that's the difference here. I don't think there no was no money. I don't think there was no money in this either. I don't, I don't think it? there was any purse in the, in the flat track racing. I think they might have got a trophy.
3: Well, there's no money in professional either. Otherwise, Harley wouldn't have a team anymore.
1: Yeah. Well,
3: because <laughs> Indians been smoking the shit out of them. Yeah, Cause,
1: Ow. I mean they did. They <laughs> well, did. Uh, it's true, lady, lady hooligans, racing, which was cool. Oh, there I saw was, those pictures. Yeah, there was only there was only two ladies running. Um, I I, I did get to meet the the one girl Alex, uh, who's part of the Bumpus family. She's her and her husband and kids were all running. Um, they, you know, she she was running that street 750 we were talking about, and, and I think that's really cool i mean i'm all about putting women on bikes i mean if they can handle it and they can ride it absolutely you know uh, nothing hotter than a chick on a bike i mean just come on you know it's got to be like two points on the scale right if, if you're if you're a six and you get on a bike you're an eight like instantly you know uh, and if you're an eight you're you're a dime once you get on that bike man that's it you're done uh you know i i kind of always thought that way but you know, in the end, it's better for the sport, and and I think if you if you enjoy riding and you, and you actually do love motorcycles and the sport, they're are everybody should ride. There shouldn't be noble well, that person shouldn't ride, and we all like to hate on people like hipsters and you know anybody younger than us. But <laughs> yeah. I, I think the, I think the people that
3: shouldn't ride simply are people that try to ride outside of their ability to yeah. impress other people.
1: That's, That's fair. it. That's fair.
3: That's the only category that really annoys the shit out of me.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, we talked about this because I, I said, you know, I've, I've got the dirt flat track thing on my mind, and you know, I'm out there with with Nick and Ty and those guys, and they, and they, like I said, they ran motocross professionally, and I I rode dirt bikes when I was a kid. I mean, I was no motocross rider. You know what I mean? So, you know, we talked about it, and I was like, I'll put my bike out there. I'll run. I'm like, my goal will be to finish the race not to win you know and i'll be happy with finishing the races even if it is last place i don't care that doesn't bother me you know i can handle that um but i said there's no way i'm putting my bike on that track without getting some practice in first (laughs) you know what i mean because it's been been 10 years since i rode a dirt bike you know what i mean so um we talked about this and and uh some friends have property and you know places where they train horses and like you said that's how it starts You're right me think, Hey, man. hey we got this little horse arena here horse so here um, we're talking about you know
3: maybe getting together and doing that and I was oh, like I would do that, be, that would be oh yeah awesome. I
1: think all of us would I, you yeah know, at that you know point, we'll
3: spend a Saturday out there and just oh, yeah. go run around and oh, just yeah.
1: drink some beer run the, the bikes around <laughs> the track I mean People were like, "Well, you know, you might you might bang up your bike." I was like, "I don't give a shit about you should that." Should do heat races as long as I can ride it to work and back. I'm good. Oh yeah, we'll we'll
3: you you run a heat. You you got like every lap you got to stop and pound one. And pound one
2: yeah. Oh, dude, I like Reminded it. <laughs> that's how I so play golf. So do we start our? Do we that's start how our That's how I play golf. I'm not even kidding. Oh yeah, we call it nine for nine. Yeah, <laughs> you start the golf game. You have to have a beer in your hand at all times. For the first nine holes, you drink an Irish Car Bomb. By the time you get to the ninth hole. You're pretty shit faced, let's be honest. We've been tossed off a couple of golf courses doing that. So oh, there
1: see, was a love to
3: get my brother's iron head back. Yeah. I'd run a fucking iron head on on that. That'd, That'd be, cool. be fun as shit. Yeah.
1: They so speaking of this, and and I'm gonna do this real quick, but there was a golf tournament in Orlando back in the day that was run by a strip club and they had like strippers on each hole uh like <laughs> Like like distracting and like stuff. Thing. Oh yeah, Sweet. oh yeah, That's bad. oh yeah. Okay, so anyways, but at the end, it's called
3: the naked classic. At the end
1: of the round, you got a stroke off for every beer that mm. you drank. So, off I bet you did you would take you know you shot a 72 I drank you know 12 beers I got a 60 <laughs> oh. <laughs> you know? yeah so you know and and I like, had a buddy that played and he would get better the drunker he got so it was like it was an unfair advantage you know and he was a scratch golfer as it was but anyways so you did more cycling.
2: calculation than we even ever did yeah well and that's no, a good idea a, I'm going to incorporate that into the yeah. rules for this summer we game. talked about
1: this with the racing we were going to do at the shop I said we needed when well, we were going to do the crazy kart racing dude yeah, we what still, happened
3: to that we still got to do that jamie yeah. fucking r- burn the wheels off the crazy carts yeah we need to do the heat races
2: yes
1: no i think we need to start our own flat track league and we incorporate the pound one in between <laughs> each lap <laughs> yeah and oh we grassroots the fuck out of this <laughs> and we started in somebody's house in a fucking cow patch well <laughs> hey you know
3: hey, you're make it really I,
2: crazy and run figure eight while you're at it too oh, really yeah, fuck yeah, okay. you guys, yeah. have
3: you guys ever been to a rodeo Oh yeah, yeah A motorcycle
2: rodeo? No, no, no. Well, no. yes.
3: So that's kind of what they are. I mean, they have like crazy, crazy shit. Like yeah. you got the slow race. So you so yeah, you yeah. got you can't touch the ground.
2: Oh yeah.
3: First one across the finish line loses.
2: And you're on some muddy ass grass or something they, like that. Right? They have
3: yeah, it's all out oh, in the yeah. dirt, it's all out in a field. So so like uh they used to like motorcycle rallies used to have all this stuff. But you know, as the doctors and lawyers and and not motor riders. motorcycling became more white collar. Yeah. The blue collar fun kind of went away because you know everybody yeah. would get
1: mad. Barrel racing, they do that on motorcycles too.
3: Yeah, and yeah. and they would do. You would do like a you drop the golf ball in the pipe. Yeah, and then so you got to have somebody on the back, right? Yep. So your passenger drops the golf ball down a pipe, and then you got to ride up and time it so that when the golf ball pops out of the pipe, they can catch the golf ball. Yeah, and then you win that. They'd have the hot dog. The
1: hot dog, I'll just say, yeah, the hot dog wins. That was always fun to watch. Yeah. Somebody (laughs) always falls off. Like, there's always somebody that falls off. I mean,
3: like, I I don't know. Sometimes I'm like, why do girls do the shit that they do? The best is, (laughs) look at me. They'll stand on the back of a seat and try to grab a hot dog hanging on a string out of their, with their mouth. And it's all covered in mustard. And (laughs) so
1: (laughs) there's very few places that do this kind of stuff anymore. And you're right. It's like. Uh, Roscoe's Chili Cookoff in Florida, and a couple other little things that that still do this kind of of you know real motorcycle rodeo, if you will, or or games. The the motorcycle games are, are a thing of the past. There is a place, and I'm going to give them a shout out because the place is super cool. Um, right outside of Orlando, there's a place called Leesburg, and they do Leesburg Bike Fest. It's usually in April. It's probably coming up real soon. It is for people who live in central florida it is the more fun bike rally than daytona sure um it's not all the idiots from out of town wanting to flex their muscles it's all the locals and and the really cool part about Leesburg and and at least years ago or a few years ago the business and the town actually like wants the the rally there so every business is like happy that you're there and it shows as you go around they're all selling water or something outside. They're they're making their money off of it. Oh, you yeah, know? yeah, absolutely. But the people are like happy that you're there. So anyways, great rally. If you get a chance to go, go, it's absolutely worth it. Eight miles outside of downtown Leesburg there, there's a place called Windy Acres Farms. And they are the local rodeo arena, outdoor rodeo arena. You know, it happens in every little country town. There's somebody has got the rodeo arena. Well, they have it. Um, They have concession stands and all that. They have a pretty decent-sized little piece of property there. And they set up RVs, tents. All these people come out. They do vendors, tattoos, food, and their concessions open all night and day. So you camp on their property, and there is food and beer you know vendors tattoos patches and they do motorcycle games the hot so dog thing So that's things. a rodeo. Yes and, and it is a real bike rally yep. like mentality and the owners of the property love it. You know, obviously they're making money off of it. So they're all about it. And they, they, I mean, you get wasted at this place and you wake up in the morning and there's somebody there smiling, making eggs for you in the, in the freaking, you freaking know, <laughs> yeah, concession it, stand. It's amazing. You know, you have so they, much those, fun. So they
3: used to have those all the time yeah. and they're just gone. Yeah. You know, I mean, all of the, all of the big motorcycle rallies of now are just like this farce of a ripoff, Yeah, you know, and, and it used to be so cool. And and most of these, most of these events used to be sanctioned by one or more of the one percenters, depending on what, where you're at in the country. Yeah. And they provided security. They made sure that everything was cool. And, you know, there were, sometimes you'd have disagreements and, you know, guys would fight or whatever. And you, whatever. I mean, you just, yeah, there was a winner, a loser. And then everybody drinks beer and moves on on the next day. Nobody even remembers. And
2: now he's m- looking to sue somebody.
3: Yeah, now yeah. now everything's about litigation and about yeah. you know like you've got to wear pasties, pasties, whatever the hell those things are.
2: Pasties, you
1: can. Oh yeah, them. oh, or you can. When I like in the nineties in Daytona, it was a friggin' free for all. And this is after MTV. I can't imagine how it was when MTV was out there because when you know by the time I made it, MTV was gone and they were already starting to crack down. But it was still. You know, walk around with a video camera. Show me your tits. Yeah. Uh, you know, and that was uh, like
3: part of the part of the deal. Yeah. Was and
1: now no, it is not that way at right. all anymore. And, and,
3: and you know what? If you don't like it, don't go.
1: Yeah. Well, it it's it sad because, like you said, even then, it's weird because even in the nineties, when I remember going to like bike week and stuff, I just remember the bikes being like custom bikes being so much more of a thing. If that makes oh, yeah. any sense. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, it was like they were real custom bikes. They weren't, you know, this fucking dickhead bought a bunch of bad dad shit and had it painted by his fucking buddy. And now he's, you know, got the coolest bike around, you know, yeah. it was guys actually building cool shit in their garage yep. and painting it and doing sick stuff that nobody else had done before and showing up on the strip and parking their bike and just yep. you know talking to people and and it was cool, man. You know, uh, well, you
3: know that's what Arlen Ness did. Yeah, I mean everybody thinks that Arlen Ness is like this bike builder. He was a painter.
1: Yeah,
3: I mean I was a kid and he was a painter. He painted motorcycles. Mm-hmm. That's yep. how he did it. And then you know he got a good design. But uh, I mean now now there's like Arlen Ness air cleaners, and I'm yeah. not going to buy an Arlen Ness performance party. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah.
1: I You know, I'm, I'm picky about a lot of the parts. Uh, I'm, I'm weird about a lot of that shit. I don't, I don't really care for name brand shit. Like, as soon as yeah. they start putting their fucking logos and shit on it, I'm like, eh, I don't know.
0: But you know what? what? You I,
3: I will put... I will put a performance part from a company that's been making performance parts for yeah. fifty, sixty years. Yeah. I'll put I'll run their stuff. Not a guy that I remember, even, or wearing. some new yeah. shit that just
2: works. But even yeah, then, stuff though. that just flat works, and that's
3: what they're that's what they're doing. Yeah. They're not doing. They're not like, well, look at this. We we made these cool graphics and made a bunch of money. So now we're into the performance world. Yeah.
1: Well, you know, the custom bike scene was super cool for a long time. I think. OCC killed
2: that. If you ask me, dude, uh, it, it jumped, wasn't their fault. It jumped the shark at. I think it was the Santa bike.
3: Uh it
2: wasn't well, their fault. It wasn't it their
1: totally fault. No, no, I, yeah, and, the and, I don't blame them for this. I, I don't get me wrong. I, I, I blame the Discovery Channel more than them.
2: I think Probably a lot of The Cake decorating. It's freaking cake decorating on motorcycles. What that happened so there
1: was all the fucking people that you know didn't ride or didn't well, those guys know didn't ride. Yeah, well, no, they didn't really either. But um, they I, all of a sudden wanted choppers, so all of a sudden, all these choppers are worth you know fucking stupid amounts of money. They're selling their choppers for hundreds of thousands of dollars. It only took a couple of years before all those bikes were worth fifteen grand max. Well, you know but it's I mean? still it's
3: still happening.
1: It, yeah, but the the days I think the days of buying a hundred thousand dollar chopper are all but gone. I don't think so. I don't think there's that many people out there build, building them like that.
3: Well, but the, but I don't think there were that many people then building them like that.
1: No, but they when and and this is my point. I mean, point. They, they they were the spectacular. Big dogs, even then. the big bo- dogs, the pit bulls, the you know, oh the 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 chopper the manufacturers, manufacturers that that popped up in Burgette that time bikes, frame. Like yeah, that. they that were that were selling 60000 thousand dollar bikes yeah. that were fifteen twenty thousand dollar bikes well they had Max. they were
3: doomed to fail because they were pieces of shit he, well you know i, <laughs> I
1: actually know somebody uh, worked for a guy that i think it was big dog he worked for and he said that's all as running that shop that's all he ever really did was wine and dine rich guys to come buy fucking yeah. bike, way overpriced bikes that's right. all That's all he ever did you know um and, he, you know, he, there was lots of party and, you know, the, what you would expect, you know, sex, drugs, rock and roll. But, um, you know, he said that's mainly what he did. It was just wine and dyes, rich guys that were willing to spend 50 grand on a bike because hmm. nobody, nobody is, you know, nobody's willing to buy that the stuff. The moral and of the story of, is
2: keep it simple. Well, yeah.
1: And those mm-hmm. bikes, those, all those bikes, pit bulls, big dogs, all those are t- $10,000 bikes max now. For the most part, unless you have one that is well, that, pristine. Well,
3: well, now, I mean, I don't even know that the pro stock look that was so big when those bikes were around, that yeah. look is gone. Oh, yeah. And, and yeah, I'm not too upset about that because it's, were, it's, a, it's a real shit unbalanced. To ride. It's yeah, an unbalanced right, right. look, and it's an they were unbalanced shit to
1: ride. ride. That was one of the things that I really liked about Jesse James. And they did, I think it was when they did that build off after everything had went to shit and they were trying to like get some ratings back and they thought they brought uh, what was it, Paul Jr. and Paul Sr. and Jesse James. Yeah. And I want to say, was there another person? I don't no, remember. It was, no, it, it was, was just it was, the three was, of them.
3: Yeah. <clears throat> and, and Paul Sr. built that track vehicle.
1: Yeah. And, and Jesse James is like, look, man, you guys can build whatever the fuck you want. I'm going to build a bike that you ride. You know, he was like, I'm not looking to have the best looking bike. You know, I'm not trying to make a fancy bike. I'm trying to make something people ride. And
3: And, I think that show is biased against him anyway. Oh, I agree. I mean, he he (laughs) forged his own kickstand. His (laughs) It, his <laughs> like
1: his skill level his, is, is so yeah,
3: far above.
1: Yeah. yeah, so far above. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it,
2: I he's mean, a student of like that kind of stuff. Metalwork, of metallurgy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and he is yeah. a lifelong
3: student, so yeah. he's not even in the same caliber. Yeah. Although, although I, I do have to say, he he like talked a bunch of smack. And then he went to ride his motorcycle, and the gas tank was so high, you had to look to the side to see. Yeah. (laughs) So I was like, well, you're not riding that that disturbed. Well, yeah. And
1: and I think those are the things you kind of overlook. (laughs) But in the end, I've always had a a bit of respect for him. Oh, me too. What he's done to. I thought Monster Garage was like one of my favorite shows. I fucking love the idea of just taking a bunch of people and being like, hey, go build this. You know, that the whole idea of that show was amazing. And there's always been something I take from that show. And he'll walk up to people, and he he used to talk about all the time. He'll walk up to the guys when they're doing something. He'll be like, Hey, do you know what you're doing? And he said, If they turned around and said, Yeah, I know what I'm doing. He's like, They don't know what the fuck they're doing. (laughs) He's like, But if they turn around and go, Nope. He's like, I know they're fine. And I leave them alone. (laughs) So I've always kept that, you know, I've always kept that in mind. You know, people are like, You know what you're doing? I'm like, Nope. I don't know shit. You <laughs> know, it's always my answer, but it's true. You know, if you if you go talk to somebody, hey, you know what you're doing over there, and they're like, oh yeah, I, I know what I'm doing. I've done this before. They probably have no fucking idea what they're doing.
3: <laughs> but, but you know, the other motorcycles, like even even in that same uh, series, the bike that Paul Junior made was badass. I mean, it had airplane propellers for wheels. Yeah. Oh, his
1: creativity
3: I mean, level! They they are so beautiful. I mean, you, you might not you might not want to ride it across the country, but yeah. th- that isn't what they're making them. For.
1: No, he's not making bikes to to, to ride. Know? He's making bikes to show. And and I will say, without and question, dude has had some really cool fucking ideas. Yeah, I years. mean, those guys are so there's, serious. There's a fabricators. reason people watch that show. And you know, when he starts, you know, taking weird shit and turning it into something else, you're like, what the fuck are you doing? But damn near everything he did looked good. Yeah, you know when it was all said and done, it looked good. You know he did live the you know the the infamous Black Widow bike. You know what he did with the webbing and everything on there was so goddamn popular after that. Everybody was fucking doing it. Sure, you know what I mean. Everybody at home was fucking cutting little goddamn things and (laughs) making webs on their shit. And yeah, so in Orlando when you are going to MMI, I guarantee you. Well, maybe not so much now, but ten years ago. You could walk into that parking lot at any given time, and there was at least two or three bikes with those stupid fucking hand welded webs all (laughs) over it on like the biggest piece of shit, you know, uh, Shadow 650 with, you know, like a six foot tall, shitty ass welded fucking rebar, goddamn sissy bar on it. And, you know,
3: but look back at look back in the 70s, those bikes were piles of crap. Oh, yeah. I mean, they did the same thing. They took these hoopty-ass motorcycles, <laughs> welded a bunch of fucking weird-ass shit on them and rode them around, and then, like, it's kind of like the Old West now, you know? I mean, you you nostalgize all this stuff, and you're like, that was when it was awesome. No, it was not.
1: Yeah, nobody liked there was no, it
3: then. You know, Denver's Choppers was, like, the epitome, and nobody had those bikes because they were yeah. too expensive, so those guys were whining and dining, guys that could afford a $10,000 motorcycle when all the bikes were two.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And you know what, what I mean? a beautiful chopper those, Denver. That that one that Sam's got. Oh, that
3: one in Sam's. That is, I mean, it's it, it, great.
1: You know, somebody was giving him shit. I don't know if you heard about that.
3: What? Some guy the, what?
1: Some guy on the internet was giving him shit about showing a bike that he didn't build. And was like, oh, so people are just buying bikes now and, and, and showing them and getting awards for them? Shut him. the fuck up. And Sam's like, what the fuck are you talking about? He's like. This is a survivor bike. This bike hasn't been seen in a show in 20 fucking years or more. You know, he's like, I'm not showing it as I built it. I'm showing it as the Denver's Denver's chopper that it is. It's original, that has original paint, that is in original condition that nobody's seen in 20 plus years. You know, this is a big deal. And, And for somebody not to understand that, you're obviously, you obviously don't get it. You know what I mean? But that's going to
2: happen twenty years from now with Jesse bikes and with Rook bikes and these other bikes. Anything? You know what I mean? Well,
1: and that's what the guy said. Well, I build my chopper in my, you know, in in myself, and I show it. So you know, of course. Well,
3: you didn't get an award, so so don't be salty. Well, that was
1: my first response. Was okay. So in twenty years, is somebody going to fucking show one of your survivors because how awesome it is? Yeah, because your name is so well known. Yeah. No, they're Um, not.
3: John Smith.
1: Yeah. And so, you know, he, he, Sam, Sam's like, you know, fave, uh, Instagram stalking the guy, of course, he's like, going through his fucking pictures. And he's like, oh, motherfucker, look at this. This is where he got his fucking frame from the guy that made it. He's like, look, here he's picking his shit up from the fucking painter. Oh, yeah, you built your fucking bike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, dude, calm down, calm down. He's like, this motherfucker says he built his bike. He didn't build shit. You know? And that's the problem. That's, that's the difference. People are like, oh, I built my bike. Well, you put it together or you built it? Cuz there's a difference, you
0: know. Well,
3: so the, I think I think the real difference now is there are so many manufacturers of parts. Yeah. Like 30 years ago, there weren't. Yeah. You know what I mean? There wasn't this huge Chinese market or or, or manufacturing facilities that somebody could just go, I think I want to make coffin fuel tanks. Yeah, Not only that, there a, wasn't the machining technology or the I technology,
2: it just wasn't there.
3: You know, I have an original coffin gas tank from like 1968 that I had on, on one of my old iron heads, and I have a. SNS dual throat carburetor. I, so I kept those. Yeah. The rest of the bike, it was a death trap. So I sold that bitch and yeah. let somebody else die. But I kept the, go- the coffin <laughs> gas tank. I had Z bars that were like from the fifties. Oh. Some some guy made them. Yeah. I didn't trust them. I thought they were going to break. But you know, now you can just go to Ted Cycle and yeah. buy Repop shit, yeah. and it's all you know made in Malaysia or whatever. Yeah. But back then, you somebody made that. They didn't have like. A company that made coffin fuel tanks. Yeah. Or like those yeah. alien gas tanks now. I mean, you have like well, Monster Craftsman, Lowbrow, Ted Cycle. Yeah. I mean, there's like fifteen or twenty different manufacturers now that all make repop shit in some
1: And that's what I think makes the difference in like Bike Week and you know, where I was saying where back in the day when you would show up everything was so interesting and so cool. Because they, guys were doing it themselves, and now as you go, it's just stuff you've seen already in the catalog that's yeah, painted, and they you just know?
3: yeah they, they different all configurations and, then they and whatever.
1: It all. Yeah, but you know, I bet you when you go to the Bagger show, if there's twelve bikes there, seven of them are Bad Dad. If that's I mean, what you like, you no know, yeah. big wheel baggers. Okay, so if you have twelve big wheel baggers, it would be it would be.
3: Uh, bagger Nation or
1: Paul Dirty Yeah, Dirty Bird, Dirty Bird, Dirty Bird. Okay, yeah, yeah. But like the baggers with the back ends and all, yep. Bad Dad does so much of that stuff. Yeah. and they do great work. Don't get me wrong. Now I think he's the opposite way shit. now.
2: Honestly, like the whole like super hot rod performance bagger thing is becoming. Yeah, deal, yeah. right?
3: we're
1: making it a thing. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. we're working on it every <laughs> day, day. On it. every but day. But I think
3: that the old choppers are coming back again, which is cool. You know, I mean, shovel heads and old choppers never go away.
2: Well, really. yeah, but you know they they kind of lose their fervor for and and then I mean when you actually have to ride one for an extended period of time. <laughs> oh, to
1: ride, yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> I no,
3: I mean, so- I mean, like they just like there was there was a pretty good, especially like right around when the M8s came out. I mean, shovelheads just weren't that worth that much money. Yeah. I mean, nobody wanted them. You know, they they're just kind of like like well, until why? the
1: hipsters got a hold of them.
3: Well, yeah, the hipsters like everything that was cool.
1: That's, that's always, I laugh about this all the time. I'm like, fucking goddamn hipsters. My wife's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, "They fucking like all the cool shit. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> it's like they keep taking all of my cool shit and fucking ruining it now Yeah, they, PBR. And, and I'm one of those guys that like I could fucking yeah I love PBR <laughs> god damn it you know, I, I, I fucking
3: hate that goddamn beer that's the grossest beer I ever made I've fucking
1: drank I've drank gotten so drunk off PBR right. so many times and it was
3: because you couldn't oh. afford to get a good beer
1: oh you're right it was because it was $2 PBR <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah I love that beer
3: <laughs> and now 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 they're like yeah could I get a tall can of PBR and they're like that'll be nine I'm like are you kidding me yeah. you can buy a Thirty fucking pack of yeah. PBR for nine fifty. That's the only reason we drank it. The shit made you sick your stomach.
1: Yeah, but no, you know and it's like that with anything. You know, it, it, it um, you know the what is it the cage fighter bars that you like? You yeah, know, and and cage I like you know stuff. we we like I should say you know and it's like damn it, dude, I can't put them on my bike because of the setup I'm going to have. Everything long story, blah blah blah. I can't run them but I want them so bad. And I'm like, <laughs> I know what's going to happen. These fuckers are going to pop up on everything. And then I'm going to get something I can put them on and I'm not going to want to. Oh yeah. <laughs> because well, it's going to be like, well, fuck it. Everybody else has got it now. I don't want that shit. <laughs> so I do that all the time. Like but the I, clamp is I, just what's, cool. Dixon flannel is a perfect fucking example. Great product. Like mm-hmm. nothing bad to say about it. They make some great looking shirts. You haven't seen me in any of them because everybody else in the fucking shop wears that shit. <laughs> And I'm I, like, don't, well, I don't. Well, fuck it. I'm I like, don't. Wish, fuck I it. don't buy mine. Yeah, I'm like, fuck it. I'm not wearing. It. Yeah, I'm <laughs> FYI, not wearing a Dixon flannel. I I'm qualified not doing yet. it yet. I only got the socks. Yeah.
2: <laughs> like,
1: I agree. I would wear it. And they the, are really good shirts. Yeah, they're really good shirts. <laughs> they're a little pricey for me, but again, good quality and everything. But nope, everybody else is wearing them. I'm not. <laughs> not gonna happen.
3: I'm gonna get you a free one, and then you'll wear it.
1: Oh, I'll wear a free one, but yeah. <laughs>
3: But they all say something on them, you know. The one like, uh, like I want a LA Choppers one. I'm gonna, I'm gonna hit Marshall up for that after I make the video, because big- those are, because those are like red, and then they have their. And then I, I'm like, you know what? I just want the, I just want Dixons, that all the from the indus, from the other manufacturers a collection. So I can collect like the <laughs>
1: Dixon flannels with other people's shit on it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like
3: fuck, fuck all the regular Dixons. I just want LA Choppers and SNS yeah. cycles and and this, you know, this one's a what the. Upcountry run, what the hell called? Yeah. The, the, the I've totally been
1: run. looking at embroidery machines. How odd is this? But uh, for this reason, like 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 you have there that embroidered shirt, um, and I want to make patches. I think it would be cool, dude.
3: If you do that, we should make super badass patches to say shit like you're a fucking cocksucker. Oh yeah. So people look at and they'll be like, God damn. <laughs> well, you know, my, so, so for, for those that, that, would that don't be know. So awesome. For those that don't work? know. What does
2: your shirt say? Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. Uh, Read it. Well, you know, like I
1: said, for those that don't know, my work jacket says smart-ass white boy. I know. Right? I love it. And almost nobody can see it and not say anything. People are like, oh, I love your patch. I'm like, thank you. You know? <laughs> Like I had a guy in a gas station one day. was like, oh, smart-ass white boy, huh? And I went, nope handed him my card and didn't say anything else and he just kind of looked perplexed and I was like I don't think he got it <laughs> I was like I, I really don't think he got it you know, I was trying to be funny and just having a good time with the guy but it, you, know, you can't laugh when you do that you gotta play it straight so I was like nope <laughs> gave him my card and he was like uh but you know that's the way it works but yeah you know it, people were my wife had asked something uh, was talking about doing a talking brap Patch, and I—I I was gonna put it because I have a Harley tech shirt, if you will, one of their you know orange and black and white shirts mm-hmm. with my patches and everything on it. And I was like, oh man, I'd put it—you know—put it right over here and put it on my Harley shirt. It'd be cool, you know, mix it with everything else. And uh, she's like, well, will, you, will they let you do that at work? And I was like, first off, it's my fucking shirt. Got <laughs> my done. name I was on it, like, yeah, They ain't paying for shit. And I was like, second Sharia off.
3: Sharia law is illegal. I was like, I got
1: smart-ass white boy on my fucking jacket. I'm pretty sure talking brap will be okay on the shirt that I don't even wear at work anyways. You know what I mean? So, you know, it's not a big deal. We we got to talk about it a little because we said next time we get together we're gonna we're gonna get back on the subject that we uh, the lost at. episode yeah the lost episode which was electric bikes and we had a big announcement today from Harley and they bought a company called Stasic. Uh Stasic makes if you haven't seen them it's S-T-A-C-Y-C? C-Y-K. or C yeah C Y C I think it is. Yep, yeah yep, S T A C Y yep. C it's looks like a Strider or Balance bike with a DeWalt battery strapped on the front of it. Yep. And it's a little electric bike, and these things cook.
2: They do, and, man. I burned donuts in the showroom with it. Yeah. I leaned it over on its side, twisted the throttle. I have and burned pictures like on
1: my Instagram of a grown man riding one around the flat track. He made four or five laps on it, I think. Uh, <laughs> at least a couple. He was much slower than everything else now. Um, I watched... Um, the There's bump, an event. The bumpus family's daughter, who couldn't have been more than maybe three or four, ride that thing around the pits and in the back the whole time we were there,
0: uh, <laughs> loving it.
1: Uh, it's something I'm probably going to end up getting for my kid. It's yeah. something that we sell in our shop, yep. and um, we kind of maybe had a little foresight onto um, the product and and what what it what it could mean for the brand, and uh, we were kind of ready trying to do this already you know before harley jumped on board so um it's really cool check it out uh they say third quarter we'll we'll get our harley branded little bikes and this fits right in with harley's uh announcements that they were going to put out you know however many bikes it was in the next 10 years um this makes Five electric bikes. If you count the stay sick as two, they have a twelve inch and a sixteen. Yeah. So you count that as two. You got the scooter, scooter, you got the mountain bike, you got the live wire. That's five electric bikes in the last what four or five months.
3: Yeah. I'm not sure when the when the mountain bike is supposed to hit, but the, I think the scooter is like the end of this year.
1: Uh, yeah, I don't remember what they said about that. And it's going
3: to be 4000 bucks.
1: Yeah, they did. They said it was going to be around four grand, which is about right. Oh, another really good one that we've seen today. Fuel.
3: Oh, yeah. By Buell. Buell. Yep. Yeah, Eric Buell. <laughs> Eric yep.
1: Buell is supposedly. I, now, maybe I, got spoof, maybe I got spoofed or something on an the article, fruits. but y'all read it. I, I showed y'all. Of the Buell.
3: It, I don't see how it could be $3,200. Uh,
1: yeah, the price point seems ridiculous. Especially
3: um, the way it looked.
1: Yeah, it looked kind of like a, if you were to, the best way I can describe this is if you were to take an electric bike that was designed in the 50s and somewhat modernize it. That's what I picture because it's a very. um, Like thin, narrow. It's very narrow and long and solid.
3: It looks to me like. A like Tron a bike ass packed. You know those. You know those those no. bikes they have that they do like the speed racing, and they have like the weird long conical helmets and stuff. Yeah, and they're all they all like have those fairings on the front. It looks like one of the Tron motorcycles <laughs> ass packed one of those at like two hundred <laughs> miles an hour.
1: Yeah, it, it, it's it's <laughs> not ugly. It's not ugly. It's very interesting to look at. Um, it's real, like, it. I definitely want to do some more research on digital. it before we do our next episode. See if it's real. Um, it's yeah, real yeah, thing. just yeah. to see what the real legit is. Because you know Buell likes to flex. The fuel. He likes to run his mouth a lot. He's kind of like, uh, he reminds me of, uh the fuck's the guy from Tesla? What's his name? Elon, Elon Musk. Musk. Elon Musk. He likes to run his mouth. He likes to, like, tell people how, how cool he is. You know what I mean? And how he smart does. he is and how hard he works. Um, so...
3: He should have taken that job with... Bombardier. Yeah. He would have been designing Indians, and they probably wouldn't have looked so shitty.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, for <laughs> Indian's sake, he should have, for <laughs> sure. Yeah. I can't. I, I always kind <clears> of. <throat> when
3: huge. somebody looks at one of those chieftains, <clears throat> and they're like, this is so great, and I'm like, the hand controls are the size of 16-ounce freaking mason jars.
1: Yeah. I, I always kind of liked everything that Eric Buell had his hands on. Uh, pretty much when I find I'm like, oh, man, I really like this. They're like, oh, yeah, Eric Buell designed that. I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, it's like the weirdest shit that uh, I mean. The guy tried for sure. You well, it wasn't you could, his fault. Yeah, I mean, he he innovated a lot of shit, man. The, you know, the oil in the swing arm and the and the gas in the frame.
3: Well, the downdraft exhaust that was all.
1: Yeah, good. I mean, but but uh, you're seeing other manufacturers. The the again yeah, the exhaust being uh, the muffler sitting underneath of the bike in the center of mass where it should be. Um, almost the, all the, manufacturers the dual have sport, jumped on that. The dual
3: sport touring bike that BMW didn't make up wasn't the first. Eric Buell made that first. Yeah, the Buell Ulysses was the first one.
1: Yeah, and, and and but like I said, there were so many little innovations on those bikes that get overlooked that the guy definitely needs some credit on. But um, you know, uh, apart from that, back onto kind of the electric bike thing. Uh, I think we all agree that. There is a new segment of the market that is just opening up Mm -hmm. that includes people that none of us considered before, people that not normally would consider a motorcycle that are going to get on these electric mountain bikes and these electric scooters and things like that and ride and get introduced to a brand that they would not normally have a personal introduction to like that. And we talked about it at work today, you know, the stay sick and the Harley thing. And and one of the things I've been wanting to talk about on an episode was what do we do for the future of motorcycling? And to me, that is uh, Strider, stay sick, um, you know, bicycles, scooters, and you have to hit the kids. And the reason for that is the same reason that right now old Japanese bikes and old Harleys are as popular as they are is because the people buying those are the same people that when they were kids or younger had fun on those bikes and remember or knew people that had fun on those bikes and remember that time and want to get back to that memory, if you will. And as Harley puts kids on these electric stay six and on these striders and on these other bikes with Harley's brand on them. That's what's going to happen is they're going to grow up on two wheels. They're going to come back later in life. And when they can afford to ride a big boy motorcycle, if you will, they're going to come straight to Harley Davidson. Um, I don't think it's a brand that once you're introduced to is easy to shake, you know?
3: Well, I, I, there, not only that, but my sister bought a car one time. She said it to me, and it stuck. She she was thinking about a Lexus and a Mercedes. Okay, so my sister makes a lot more money than me.
0: Yeah, <laughs> sounds like.
3: <it. laughs> and so she test drove the Lexus, and then she test drove the Mercedes, and she she said she couldn't make up her mind, and the salesman said. Well, I never heard anyone say, I wish I would have bought the Lexus when they <laughs> were driving a Mercedes. <laughs> <laughs> and that has stuck with me because that is absolutely 100% true. Yeah. No one has ever, no one I've ever talked to had a Mercedes and said, I sure wish I would have bought a Toyota. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And yeah. I have never, the only people I've ever heard talk shit about Harley-Davidson's are people that either had no idea what they were getting involved in or people that, for some reason, feel like they can't afford the name.
1: You know, one of my favorite things in this business is the path, as we call it. Um, at my at my old dealer, it was a poker run that we did.
3: I do not understand how that could be your favorite thing.
1: And the reason I say <laughs> this is... As And, and if, for those out there that don't know what this is, is it, pretty much every dealer does this that I know of, at least Harley. And um, when you buy a bike, you basically walk around and you're introduced to each department and the people in those departments and how they work and what, what kind of service they can provide to you. Um, if you ride a metric bike, you're probably very foreign to this because when you bought your bike, they probably kicked you out the door and said, have a nice fucking life. Uh, for the for the most part, that was always my experience in the metric world was they pretty much didn't give a shit after I signed the papers. Uh, and Harley, it's not that way. And this is why this is part of my favorite or one of the favorite parts of my job is because I get to talk to people who have never owned a Harley Davidson before and have owned other bikes. And... I always get a smile on my face when I get to talk to him about that. And I say, well, yeah. And, and, you know, you pull out the PNA book. That's like a freaking phone book. Yeah. You know what I mean? (laughs) And you pop it down on the counter and you go, how many times did you go into your Honda dealer and try to get cool shit for your bike? And you just see the look on their face and you go, yeah, you don't do that shit at a Honda dealer, do you? And he's like, (laughs) they're always like, no, you don't. I yeah. said, yeah, when you want to do cool shit to your bike, come talk to me. We'll do it. <laughs> or know?
3: or Triumph yeah. or Yamaha. When you want or... to go
1: find somebody to ride with or something to do, did you go to your Honda dealer? Well, no. When you want somebody to ride with and you want something to do, come up here. There's always somebody here that wants to ride. Yep. There's always something going on up here. You know, the, the way Harley Davidson dealerships especially uh, promote the culture And the atmosphere, and and if you're doing it right as a dealer, this is what sets Harley Davidson apart from every other manufacturer. It is the reason we sell more bikes. It's the reason that people come back bike after bike after bike is because it's a family, you know, and and that's the way it should be represented by a good dealer is, you know, and I, I tell people when they're on the path, Man, you got to come in. Even if you don't have shit to do, come in and bullshit with us, you know. Get to know the guys over in parts and the people over in service. We have a good fucking time when we're here, man. Yeah, we get guys that like come
2: in every Saturday and just yeah. hang out.
1: And and we, and we the more you get to know us, I was like, dude, you might come in one day and we might just finish dyno on a 124 motor or something mm-hmm. cool. You never know what's going on in here. And sometimes you walk in at the right time and we just opened a box of polished, you know, port and polished heads that look, you know, like diamonds inside. You're standing there going, Oh, I want those. I didn't get a
2: good look at those by the way. Yeah.
1: I still haven't either. I know. Damn. Those look good. I saw the picture.
2: O'Brien. With those those O'Brien's heads. Yeah. Those were the still yours. Okay, good.
1: Yeah. But you know, in the end there, we're always doing cool shit in the shop. We have really cool people. I think that work there. We have a really great atmosphere And, and we had this at my last shop too. Um, and and i promote that to people is like look you know yeah if i only see you every four or five months when you need a service you're gonna get that service and that's that's the quality of service you know i only quality of service i can give you i don't know you i don't know anything about you i don't i barely know your name i the last time i saw you was six months ago you know but if you come in every once in a while and oh hey you know blah 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 and i know your name the next time you come in i'm gonna be like hey tony how you doing man you know what are you doing today? Oh, how was your trip down to South Carolina? I I, I can't know these things unless you're coming into the shop and getting to know us. You know, and those customers that do are the customers that you know uh, come back and spend money when it's all said and done because they get to know you. They said, "Man, these guys know what they're doing. They you know I, they're going to treat me right. They're going to give me a good deal. This is something I want." You know, and I think it's like I said, it's. That's the favorite part of my job is grabbing those people that rode metric bikes and 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 other stuff and and getting a taste for what it feels like your first entrance into this and I've so many times I've had people have been like this has been amazing. You know, I I've never I bought a dozen bikes and I've never had an experience like this before and not just you know at our shop at at other shops you know that 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 try to do the same thing. I've heard it many times because I don't care what anybody says it's totally true. The metric world and the Harley world, when it comes to dealership life and going in and buying stuff, two completely different animals without question.
3: Oh, yeah, for sure.
1: Uh, You know, just motor clothes in itself is something you don't get for the most part. I mean, you might get a helmet rack. You might get some dirt bike shit. You know what I mean? Well,
3: most most of the metric shops have like they concentrate on – UTVs, ATVs, and dirt bikes yeah so it's a larger portion. you might you might have like four or five Joe rocket yeah jackets yeah.
1: probably and, not in your size
3: you know whatever and maybe <laughs> or at a least few, in my
1: size yeah
3: and a few helmets the remote, leathers and but stuff like that, but they're right. gonna have like rack after rack after rack of dirt bike shit. yeah because it's cheap and that's what everybody's there to buy yeah. I mean come on yep what was that what was that that bike that Honda made the first they tried to there was like a chopper looking thing, the Fury. Fury, yeah. That was like the most ridiculous motorcycle.
1: It's actually, you know, yeah, I'm gonna show my ass here because I actually thought it was a decent looking bike. It was underpowered and it handled like shit. That was the real problem. Um and- Well, it
3: was like Honda's version of the the soft tail uh the rocker. Oh well. <laughs> <laughs> I'd buy a Fury before I bought a Rocker. Yeah, oh. <laughs> but but you know you know oh. what I you know the thing that sucks is that like <laughs> I remember back in the eighties when the metric bikes were metric and they looked like I mean they just looked yeah like a Yamaha. You know I had a Yamaha six fifty Maxim.
0: Yeah, I had a
3: Honda V sixty five Magna. Yeah. You know, you had the Yamaha V-Max. I mean, those were super badass, powerful yeah. cruising bikes. And for some reason, they're so scared to do that. Yeah. They're coming back, which is cool. If you see some of the new Yamahas and, and Kawasaki's, that look is starting to come back, and they're starting to, to get back to their roots. Uh, well, and Harley's I just, doing something
2: like that here pretty soon, too. I just don't We've understand like why,
3: they, why they couldn't Street Fighter-style
1: bike. I don't know why, but to me... The Triumph the has done a really good job. manufacturers cannot handle big, big displacement V-Twins. I don't know. People talk about Harleys being loud, but until you ride like a Kawasaki Vaquero. Oh, the motor
3: noise? Oh, my God. Oh, my
1: God, dude. A Kawasaki Vaquero, I rode one like a 12 or 13. It was brand new demo rides. I got back, and I was working at Harley at the time, and I got back from riding that, and the guy was like, oh, what do you think? And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? And he's like, well, what do you mean? And I was like, I said I work for Harley, and I hear people complain about motor noise. I said, if this thing was a Harley, I would tear the motor down. <laughs>
2: I had a guy was on the like, phone today. I was like, this thing sounds like hell. I had a guy on the phone today complain to me, like after riding several M8s. He's like, you you find the M8 to be a ticky motor? <laughs> ticky? No. I'm like, that's, maybe it's because everything else around the bike is so quiet. Yeah. You're hearing a little bit of val noise. Fucking quiet. Like do you how would yeah. be? <laughs> the, the, that's the guy that you need. To, are you going to give me a deposit or what? Do you yeah. want?
3: Yeah. That you like? It's like, say, let me ask you a question, buddy. Yeah. Are you buying something from me, <laughs> or do you want advice?
1: Uh, well, you know, since the YouTube videos, um, we're getting a lot of calls, a lot of hits, for man, for advice. I've
2: been buried it's yeah. been good I'm hey man I'm cool with it like,
1: yeah but yeah a lot of advice if you haven't calls. checked out
2: the YouTube channel please do check it out there's a whole lot of good yeah. information there
1: that's HD Cool Springs we'll, we'll, we'll give them the shout out this time um, They we, we do some, some cool videos Mike and Aaron mainly they do some cool videos um, it's starting to gain a lot of traction a lot of people in the industry are noticing uh, we're doing a lot of cool stuff it's it's interesting it's fun We have we have a good time uh, when you get into this stuff, you open up. You always open up haters. You always open up the, the lanes for uh, people to critique and say what they want. And, um, you about, about that guy that. that
3: left the comment. Does anybody else feel like they're dumber after the first five minutes of this? Yeah. Or, or no? He said. He <laughs> yeah. said, "Am I the only one that feels like I'm dumber after watching the first five minutes of this?" And I answered, "Probably." <laughs> Probably
0: yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: Well, you know, and, and and I got you know I got the the letters the first day first day after you guys weren't working. They, oh, they, I bet it
3: was terrible. <laughs> so
1: we, we got to work on this in the future that you don't <laughs> fucking release videos on Saturday night, okay? Because no motherfuckers are there Sunday or Monday. <laughs> and so Can't this worry. guy calls me. This was so great. The guy calls me. He says, "Yeah, he was an old guy, old country guy. Yeah, well." You know, first off, I just want to thank you for that YouTube video. It was a really good video, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I said, okay, well, yeah, no problem. He says, well, you know, I just wanted to send some suggestions. Oh, um, Uh, you know, I had some critiques for the video, and I know that in 50 cents might get you a cup of coffee, but I figured I'd send it anyways, and you know, you guys, being there in the heart of Nashville, I really would have thought you guys would have been playing country oh, music, yeah. not
3: that about that, that yeah. horrible death metal, you know, and,
1: and he starts going into it, and he's like, well, is there somebody I can send this to, and I was like, yes, there is. You can send that directly to me at my email, which is, and I gave him my email, and it was just, I literally hung up the phone and, and looked up at the guy and said oh god please let this email come fast. So
3: how awesome would it be if he listens to this tonight?
1: Oh that'd be great. Yeah. And, 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 <laughs> and it really art. wasn't that bad. Most no, but things, it was super yeah, funny. Yeah, you know, it, it was great to get the feedback. And the, and the guy had, you know, he he sounded like at least either he read some really good for smart people forum re- reviews or whatever or the guy knew a little bit about motor builds cuz you know, he wasn't a complete idiot, but um you know, in the end uh forums for him. yeah. Oh,
2: we've got another one. I was waiting yeah. for you all to fall. I went first.
1: What? Oh, <laughs> dropping, yeah. we're dropping man like flies. Down, man, down, too, yeah. man down, too many man beers. Down. Out he goes. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, anyways, you know, long story short, uh, you know, we're talking, we talk a little bit about the uh, flat track racing, cool stuff going on. Um, I'm, I'm posting lots of pictures on Instagram of it, and I'm going to uh, throughout the, the future here. Uh, I try to keep the content fresh and, and clean on there. Uh, I have LinkedIn. I have Facebook. All those are on the website. Check them out. It's uh, uh You can give us a call. We haven't yet to get anybody to leave us a good message yet. And it's 304-602-7227 or 304-60BRAP. Um you know, it, we're, we're waiting for the calls. We're waiting for the good messages. Um, haters will take them. You know, especially if you're funny. Um, I'll play <laughs> that shit, no problem. We'll uh, read them. We'll read yeah. them right back. Yeah, absolutely. So
2: tell it, yeah. Tell us what you hate. Yeah, hate, hate, hate,
1: hate, 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 hate. 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 Give us your hate. Yeah. yeah. What was it? But if you excuse me, I'm gonna go home and put some water in Buck Nasty's <laughs> mama's dish. <laughs> It's like one of my favorite lines. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, that's nice. Um, you know, in the end, uh, we missed out on the guys from the flat track tonight.
2: That's unfortunate. Uh, I don't know Hopefully if that was a signal
1: issue or what. They're out there in the middle of nowhere, so I am not overly surprised. Uh, so, oh, sorry, I'm, I'm reading messages here. The uh The Nick? No, I got, my phone's been blowing up and I didn't even uh, I didn't even listen to it I guess but
2: Roy's the winner for tonight yeah I made it I made yeah. it all the way through you made it all the way I don't know how you're doing it uh, I gotta pee uh, dude I don't know how you're doing it <laughs> yeah it's, it's guys a, you have to understand he's working the console over here so pretty much if he doesn't work it we're pretty much fucked yeah so <laughs> so
1: we uh yeah we're gonna we're gonna wind this down, I think we killed enough time, um hoping my uh, music starts up here again.
3: It's fucking cold outside,
1: it is fucking cold outside, so i rode in I rode in the other morning, it was seventeen fifteen seventeen degrees Ooh. when I left the house on the bike, yeah, yeah, that was my coldest ride in yeah, for sure, and I regretted it.
3: here I got some music. <sighs>
2: It is with
1: great pleasure That Whoa. the gays deliver to you Their first the definitive the agenda <laughs> To present to you This most sacred of
3: scripts They offer their figurehead To address the floor
1: This is some weird shit <laughs> The gays I fucking love their name dude I could say the gays All day long just like over and over again, the gays, hey. the gays. I want to be their hype man. I'll be in the back like, woo! The gays. <laughs> <laughs> what?
0: <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs>